I was in a two-man sub, 800 feet uh, underwater what? for one of my senior design projects. Yeah. And so you, uh, like, one oh. person sits, the driver sits on the stool and is, you know, steering and doing his thing. And the other person's laying on your stomach and the portholes are in front of you. We got down to, like, 800 and it's on a shelf that goes down to 1,000. Wow. And, and I was like, the, there's water. Like, kind of coming in here a little bit around the window. Curated, a designer podcast. I'm Dina Kalik, and I'm a furniture sales representative. I cover the Southeast region. And I am Ann Bradley. I'm an interior designer in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we are super excited to continue on with our Boss Ladies series. And today we are so thrilled to have Shelly McFadder. Shelly McFadder is the owner of Bridgepoint General Contracting. And I just cannot tell you how awesome it is that you're here, how awesome it is that you're a lady boss lady and you started this company and we are just so excited to learn about you and your journey and um, thank you for being here we just really appreciate it yeah thanks for thanks for including me in this in this great group yeah I'm excited to be on the inaugural podcast um, episode yes. too all right well we're gonna roll into it what'd you have for breakfast well I always have a collagen drink for breakfast, actually, Ooh, and, a, and a and a fruit smoothie, kind of mid morning. And today I had um, also a half a donut as a snack. <laughs> so it's all about balance. It's all about balance, right? Right. Do you use vital proteins? Um, no, I actually use um, the Skinny Skinny Fit. I think is the brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you put it in your coffee, or do you put it? No, in I get actually the um, fruit punch one. And just okay. Mix it with water. Uh, okay. I put mine so in my coffee. So is that the secret? Like, should I start taking it? You guys both have great skin and I'm always just like, mm, I don't know if that's really going to work. I mean, I have to say that, you know, I don't feel like my hair, I'm losing as much hair as I used to lose. My nails feel stronger. I do feel like my skin is not as dry. I mean, it's also good for just your organs. Yeah. It's you know, good like for your organ body. health and all that kind of stuff. It's just good for your body. So, so I will say that my nails grow super quick when I, I take collagen every day in my coffee and the whole thing about the hair, same thing, skin, mm -hmm. but also like, like joints and things like that. It's, it's yeah. all around positive. Right. Right. For sure. Yes. It's never to too early, it. Dina, to start. Yeah. <laughs> and skincare, never too early. Right. Right. AKA sure. Botox. <laughs> well that, but also a good skincare routine. Like I'm a big, right. yeah. like, fan of SkinCeuticals. I think they're an amazing company. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've but heard I use, great um, things. Yeah, I use the Rodan and Fields and Elemis are my... I don't know that one. The yeah, ones. they're my two kind of brands. Yeah. yeah. Never too cool. early to start. No. no. <laughs> so <laughs> what did you want to be when you were little? What did you want to grow up um, to be? I, I honestly, this was... I really thought about this. I was like, I don't think I had any vision. Like, I never, like... I just, I guess I kind of always knew, like, growing up, like, you know, middle school, high school, I got good grades. I knew, you know, back then, you know, my parents were pretty adamant that we were going to go to college. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I think I applied to, like, one school for science, one school for English. And then my dad was like, uh, no, you're not going to be random. 
So <laughs> he had already encouraged my sister to study engineering. So he encouraged, strongly encouraged me. He's, you know, very tall, big man, and <laughs> very persuasive. And so I, so I ended up studying engineering and um, yeah, I, I really just didn't even have any vision. What discipline? Even with that, I thought I'm going to have, I'm going to take one over on them. And I studied ocean engineering. Oh. So I went to school in Florida by the coast. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, dad. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it actually was really good because, you know, ocean engineering was amazing. I mean, it, it was, it's civil, mechanical, electrical engineer, electrical engineering classes that then roll into more of the ocean engineering stuff later. So it was kind of a very well-rounded engineering that I think really helped me when I stumbled into construction, you know, after school. So Mm -hmm. I think it actually did work out pretty good. That's awesome. I was reading your um, interview with Walter Magazine just to learn a little bit about you before the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so funny that one of your high school math teachers told you to never take another oh math God. class again like look right. at you now can you right <laughs> oh my no, God. My about junior that. year my junior year of high school my math teacher said I should never take math again and I only needed three years of math in high school so I didn't even take math my senior year and then went on to take you know two years of various calculus classes now I'm not going to say I got A's but I passed them you did <laughs> good <laughs> enough right I got I got passed clearly them. right 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 <laughs> so funny yeah okay so (laughs) really crazy heels or flats well I have to say I'm usually a heels person not like spiky heels but like you know the old chunky heel type of wear but through COVID it's been flats and vans Mm -hmm. I have an assortment of vans that now I wear regularly (laughs) same I put on a pair of heels like a few months into COVID for God knows what, I don't even remember, but I just remember feeling like my feet don't know how to do this anymore. Like, how did I wear these before? Right, right. I mean, I haven't worn a dress or heels in a year, over a year now. Gosh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Soon, ladies, soon. Soon. Can't wait for that. We'll have to put our best heels and dresses on and go out together. Right, right, right. So this has been my favorite question that we've been asking so far. If you were a hashtag, what would you be? So this is a funny one and it created some, um, some stress within my family because I opened it up to my family <laughs> to find out what my hashtag would be. That like could if they be had dangerous. Hashtag, what would they, what would they <laughs> and um, we did that in a group chat. And so um, my oldest, so I have twin daughters who are 19 and the, one of my older twin had did, had said hashtag workaholic <laughs> and I was like oh true but sad my my other twin she has a golden retriever Enzo and who I take very good care of and she so she said it would be uh, best glamma uh, <laughs> right. so that was cute. cute my husband said superwoman Hashtag oh, superwoman. Love that. And my son, who's 16, said best mom ever. <gasps> and then they oh, all piled on him like he was a suck up. And oh, <laughs> he's my favorite. That's my so favorite too. sweet. Like that, I'm just kidding, girls. He's not my favorite. That was my favorite <laughs> response. <laughs> so while, while you're talking about your kids, I am interested, not to get ahead of ourselves, but how has 
like how have you managed to be a great mom and be a great wife and do your job and I mean you're a boss lady how do you manage to do it all and find balance in that because I'm I read in that magazine your kids are so important to you and it was tough for you to balance yeah I mean I'm gonna have to say I don't do it all that well I mean I really don't you know I mean I think it's a misconception that you know I do do it well (laughs) but um I just try my best right I mean I, I I find that they've suffered some because of what I'm what I've done and what I'm doing um I think now they um they appreciate and respect what I've gotten, but it doesn't ever get back the time when, you know, I was growing the company and there was, you know, it was Jacqueline of all trades, right? Yeah. And and just trying to, you know, I was marketing, I was accounting, I was IT, you know, you just you just wear so many hats when you're growing the business. Um, and I really kind of regret not like, I would listen to them, but I wouldn't look at them and I wouldn't hear them you know, and so I wasn't ever really present, even though I was there, you know, and I think that that had been hard early on. Now, you know, they're very independent. They're, you know, they're great young adults and, and, and I'm super proud of that. And I think a lot of that has to do with them having to fend for themselves. Like, right. I didn't know who the homeroom teachers were, like get good grades, don't get in trouble. And, you know, I, I don't have time to go to your school, right? Just be good. Yeah. And, yeah. and they did, you know, they're, I, I, I kind of, you know, I didn't hover. I wasn't a helicopter mom by any stretch of the imagination. But um, yeah, so that that had been hard for sure. Well, I'm sure they're really proud of you. Yeah, as you yeah, are now them. They are. <laughs> well, you know, I think as you are them, and I think, you know, similarly speaking, maybe for you as well. I mean, for me, my generation, your generation, and just being that latchkey kid when our parents, you know, going to work. And we had to fend for ourselves. And right. you know what I mean? Like it gives you a, sorry, not saying Dina, you don't have this, but I'm just saying like growing up with that and you have to fend for yourself and it makes you a more independent type person. So I understand you, that. Yeah. And I think anymore, parents are way too involved and they're too into their kids and their lives and they're like, yeah. stop being their friend, just be their parent. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. I just see that a lot. I have a lot of friends who are teachers and, you know, assistant principals and, and such. And, and they just said it, it just continues to get worse, you know, and, and you yeah. just got to let your kids be kids. They got to fail. They got to succeed. You got to do it on their own. And you just got to, you know, be there for guidance, but not hover. Right. So, yeah. And Dina, I, what I said about generational, just because you're younger is why I said that about Shelly and me, but I'm sure with your parents, both, I mean, it was similar, I'm sure, because your parents worked both too. I mean, you were probably left to fend for yourself as well. Very much so. Yeah. And my parents, English was their second language. So I'd come home from school and be like, this says I did a really good job sign here. (laughs) Did you really do a good job though? No, not always. (laughs) But no, I mean, I have the best parents and they did everything to make sure that, you know, I was taken care of. But yeah, there were times where I, I was like waking up early, making my breakfast, and making sure I did my homework and going to school and they right. were working. So yeah. 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 And we were the so. generation that came home when the street lights came on and nobody knew where you were. No one had your GPS location. There was no, I did I did get no to tracking. experience that for 
a little bit, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I got a taste of it. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, what do most people not know about you? Um, I, maybe, I guess maybe these are fun facts. I don't know. I, I did play basketball for two years in college. Um, I was, I was pretty good. I, uh, I have to say I, the only reason I really stopped playing was because I was, I think the only engineering student on the basketball team, <laughs> everyone else was like psychology and business. And it was just too much to like travel. You know, we played mostly teams in Florida. So, um, but yeah, so I did play college basketball and, um, I'm still pretty good. I have, I still have awesome. some game. Um, <laughs> my kids are going to be mortified, but, um, <laughs> And then in college, I was in a two-man sub, 800 feet um, underwater what? for one of my senior design projects. Yeah. And so you, uh, like, one oh. person sits, the driver sits on the stool and is, you know, steering and doing his thing. And the other person's laying on your stomach and the portholes are in front of you. We got down to, like, 800 and it's on a shelf that goes down to 1,000. Wow. And, and I was like, the, there's water, like, kind of coming in here a little bit around the windows he goes oh that's fine that's no problem that just happens when we get this you know this deep but but it's fine I was like okay I think 800 is good for me like I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go back <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my gosh. So, yeah it was for my senior design project we built a sampling system that went on this sub um and so it was in the Bahamas so you know it was terrible we had to fly to the Bahamas to test our senior design project <laughs> well that sound that part sounds great but I would have yeah, lost my shit being in that right. submarine with water coming in right I'm I would have like, felt okay. so claustrophobic yeah surprisingly I was fine on that I mean it was it was pretty cool but then when water started like gathering at the window I was like I think I think I'm done here <laughs> <laughs> oh man mm. That is too funny. Well, what's a misconception of you? Um, I I think that a misconception is that I do have it all together, right? That I'm, that I'm, you know, the business is great and my kids are wonderful and my husband's happy and, you know, my parents are well taken care of and, you know, my house is clean. And <laughs> I mean, like, it's just not, I, you know, it's funny. I do think I've Kind of portrayed like an upbeat happy I, I mean I am like I am pretty happy but like inside right there's just so much stress so much worry yeah so much of all of it you know but I try to make sure I'm putting out good energy to people even though I might have internally not so positive energy right yeah. um and there's no use you know outwardly me you know looking sad or depressed about anything, right? I'm just going to keep putting that face forward and putting out what you want to get back, right? right. And then just kind of, but yeah, I do think that as you guys had talked about earlier, how do you do it all? It's all, <laughs> it was like, oh, it's not that good, <laughs> you know? And, and I think it's okay for people to know that and for people to know that, you know, just what you see is not always how it is, right? Yeah. And, and you're not alone feeling like that, that, probably most people are feeling like that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love what you said about energy. Cause I've always been such a huge believer in like law of attraction and really like manifesting whatever it is that you want with your thoughts. So even if you don't feel like you have it together, but you're saying positive and projecting 
positive energy, I think it all kind of just balances out and yeah, and I mean, I really do feel like my team in the office, you know, they feed off my energy, you know, mm-hmm. and if I'm, they can tell like, and I'll get riled up. I mean, I'm the, I'm, I come from a long line of Rossi's, Duracos, <laughs> Berardinelli's, a lot of vowels in our endings <laughs> and our last names, right? And so I can get, I can get riled up and I can get feisty and, and irritated, but you know, and there's a time and place for that, right? And I was right. way more feisty when I was younger. I yeah. kind of mellowed right in my, as I've aged, but I I just don't, I can't go out there and just have them feel all that, right? I have to put out positivity because they're stressed out or they're busy Mm -hmm. and they're having problems on their jobs or they're working through an issue that they're struggling with. And I just, you know, I can't, I can't be that energy, that, that low energy, that bad energy. So I just, I've always worked really hard at that. So I think that's great, Shelly, because in, I think it, attributes to where you are and why you know we wanted you to be part of this is you know being a great leader I mean that would stress out your team so much so being positive and letting them see that only helps them like you said so that that's a I think a good quality in a leader so yeah thank you thanks yeah for sure it's been I mean it's definitely been helpful I mean especially when COVID hit and they're all concerned about, you know, how are we going to get through here? What are we going to do? And it's like, we're just going to do what we can do, (laughs) right? Like it's going to take it a day, a week, you know, month by month is all we can do. Right. And just, we'll just ebb, bob, weave, ebb, flow, bob, weave, right? Like we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. So in honor of International Women's Month, we're obviously very excited to talk to three boss ladies. One of our questions, um, which I think it's been interesting hearing everybody's answers. What does it mean to you to be a woman today? Yeah, this was actually kind of tough. It is. Um, It's a deep one. It's a deep question. It is. And and I think, you know, just to me, it's really about setting your own rules, right? And about um, living your own life. I kind of feel like when we were growing up, like my mom felt like she had a role right? And, and the women who didn't follow that particular, you know, maybe they had a part-time job only, or, you know, but they, they really weren't career women. They were wives, they were mothers. And it was really out of the norm for people, for you to have a different role. And I think today being a woman is all about your own roles. It's okay if you want to, if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's okay if you, you know, run your own company, it's okay. It's okay for everything in between. And, it's so much wide, more widely accepted. Um, it's just been great because I really did some reflecting on what did it probably mean for my mom to be a woman, right, back yeah. then. And it's just kind of shocking how it's changed so much. Um, yeah. So I think we have a lot more leeway to do and be anything than, you know, the women before us. So it's it's pretty exciting time to be a woman, actually. Yeah, I love that. I, I totally too. agree. Same. So on that note, do you consider yourself a feminist? Yeah, I've actually never considered myself a feminist, honestly. Um, when I, like when you really, I actually had to look, this is terrible, right? But I'm just going to admit it. But I really had to look up like, <laughs> what actually is a feminist? Like truly. And I mean, I am pro-women, but I'm also just pro-human, right? I'm just like, 
pro everybody, you know, the, the, the most qualified person should get the job, you know, that is also, but it's also not just qualification based, it's personality, it's hard work, it's, it's a well-rounded person, you know, mm -hmm. just the most qualified person might not still be the best person. If you're thinking just, you know, from a work perspective, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, that was a hard one too. Why do you get such hard questions? I guess I'm just not a deep thinker. Well, that was a great answer. <laughs> I know so I, great. That was. I keep referencing that interview, but I love what you said. They asked you something about like being a woman in, in the industry you're in today. And your response was not belonging at the table and never crossed my mind. And I, that was, right. that's such a strong thing to say. I mean, you, you, yes, you're pro women, but you also never really saw yourself being set apart from right. the others for being right. a woman. Right. For sure. For sure. I, you know, that was always the hardest question. Um, cause I, there was like a year or two when that was all the rage, everyone was having panels right on, you know, mm -hmm. being a woman in construction and all this. I was like, I can't do another panel. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I felt bad. I know that people wanted to hear, but it's just like, just, just you belong. Right? right. You have to believe you belong. You have to know you belong. And if you're at a company that doesn't think you belong, then you shouldn't be in that company. hundred percent. You know? right. I mean, it's that it's them, not you. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's a great answer. No, I love that. I'm Dina. That was so awesome. You brought that up. Yeah. I thought I it was a really good article. response. That's a good well, article. I said some good things. You did. <laughs> you did say a lot of great me. things. And I just, I love that you have that mindset. I mean, yes, you're pro-women and you want to support women, but you also don't really buy into that whole, like, we're different. Yeah. You know, right. you're pro-human. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that women, especially in construction, offer a lot. We're very good multitaskers. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. We're all about relationships and trying to find the win yep. for everyone. I think not all women, like, let's not stereotype everyone, but I think a majority of women mm -hmm. really are trying to come up with the best solution, not the one that's most right for me and my company or most right for the client or most right, but it's, everyone's in it together. Everyone's a stakeholder. And, and if you're always trying to do what's right for the project and then everyone will win. Right. right? And, and it's all about give and take and, you know, I might not win on this one, but I might win on the next one or because I, you know, I allow, you know, I don't know, how do I want to even say this? Like, it, it's always the long game, right? Mm -hmm. If you're short-sighted and you're always trying to win every, every decision, every, every problem that there is, if you want it to go your way, then for the long haul, it's not going your way, right? Because yeah. people aren't going to think you're willing to compromise and uh, you know, and just be, be the team player that it requires in construction today. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I do think women look at things from different perspectives with more empathy, which is really important for decision-making. No offense right. to the guys, but we just have a different perspective. Right. Yeah. I know my attorney told me I'm too nice. He's my attorney previous to this. He actually left the company, but the one I had before the one I have now told me I was too nice. <laughs> to be a contractor because <laughs> I'm just I'm not it comes back to karma like I, I have to believe that people are good yeah, yeah. or what are we doing <laughs> you know like I think that's a positive thing I would not like 
that is so positive. He was laughing about it. He just was like, when I wasn't like put, you know, we had a sub, we had an issue with, and I was just like, I'm just, I'm not going to push it. I'm not, I'm good. Yeah. And he was like, why you have every right, like per the con, like you, I was like, it's just not worth my energy. It's not worth like, I'm not going to go down this road. And then there was another thing that came up with one of the clients and he's like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. I was like, I know I don't have to, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do, even though contractually I don't owe them that. I'm just gonna do it, and I'm just gonna put. I'm just, it's just gonna go away. Good for you. I That's think a so. good way awesome. of doing things. It, it's just not. Again, it, it still comes back to energy, right? And putting right. out what, yeah. you know, what you want to get back. And exactly. I don't want people running around town, you know, saying she didn't take care of something, even though it wasn't mine to take care of. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just gonna take it. Yeah. yeah. Now let's hope all my clients don't like listen to this and then ask me to like do everything. For them, but no, I'm people, just saying people you know. recognize yeah, good yeah. people, people and people want to work with good people. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. I mean, right. It's, it's construction's hard. You know, it is, it is hard. It's stressful. Stuff's always coming up unforeseen issues or, you know, a subcontractor has a problem or the client now has to change their design because of something that, you know, come, came from their corporate or whatever it happens. And everyone has to be able to move and turn on a dime and still make schedule, still yeah. have the budget isn't blown, right? There's all these, there's all these pressures and, you know, you just got to think about everybody's perspective, you know, and not, yeah. not shoot the messenger and, you know, just work together to get, you know, to get to the common goal. Right. Of, the common goal. Yeah. Of a great project mm-hmm. where everyone was safe. It's high quality and the client moves in relatively on time. Right. <laughs> Despite any challenges. <laughs> Not to throw an, another new question at you, but since we're talking about this and since a lot of our listeners are in the design industry, mm-hmm. do you have any advice for designers, just based on your past experiences on projects, things that went really well or went wrong from a contractor's perspective? Um, I think that um, sometimes there's designs that are drawn, that look really good. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many times we're told, we'll make it look like that. Make it look, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if we can make it look like that. Like you have tolerances, you have this, the material has limitations. There's got to be a seam somewhere, you know, like, (laughs) you know. Anne's like, why'd you ask this question? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think that's one thing. I do think that another thing that would help is a lot of times we get just basic floor plans. Like if we're just helping put a budget together, Right. It, it would be it would be really helpful to just have a little legend, right? That says, assume what type of ceiling do you want? Do you do you want open ceilings? Do you want some clouds? Oh, you want a moss wall? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that wasn't in there, but just you know, assume X amount square feet of this or something, oh right? Goodness. Like it, just a little nugget, right? So that we can know that we're closer to what and, and some are some are are good, but I, I have to say a majority we it's missing that part, right? Everyone's worried about the space plan and how we get mm-hmm. people in and clearances and where how the break room's working, but like we don't get into a lot of the other detail stuff that really can drive the cost up Absolutely. on like material choices and stuff like that. So, so you know, how many floor boxes do you want? And you know, just 
stuff like that, I think would be a little helpful. And we end up having to, we end up asking those questions and then that takes time, right, right. To get those answers and stuff. So if that kind of stuff is just like, and maybe not priced originally and then gets yeah, has to get yeah. repriced and then the price yeah. goes up and then the client's mad. I always thought that in hindsight, I wished that I had done some sort of internship in a construction company, meaning, you know, maybe in the office, but then having to go out on site and seeing how things were actually put together. And for me, like that would have been invaluable because when you're getting out of school and you're putting these construction documents together some of the stuff is kind of you know back in the day I mean copy and paste but <laughs> you know what is what is that wall what does that metal stud attach to how does the draw you know like just to understand and seeing it so right right I, anyway hindsight but yeah yeah no I mean I think that a lot of the designs these days are, are amazing right like there's a lot more interest it's people are pushing the envelope it's it's, it's pretty, it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's been great. You know, most of what we do, I, I think 70% of our work is interior fit-ups yeah. and renovations yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, so we've been lucky to, to be part of some really cool projects. Yeah, because that's the most fun, the interior part. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's been really difficult having been involved in interiors for so long. Because even when I was at Skanska, I would manage, I was on like a couple really big Duke projects and I would manage $30 million worth of like interior work, right? Labs and mm -hmm. lab equipment and then all the finishes and stuff. And so, and then having Bridgepoint and, you know, focusing a lot on interiors. Oh my gosh. But me trying to renovate my own house, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I know too much, but I don't know it all. <laughs> it's like so painful. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's always all, so hard. Oh, I, oh my gosh. When you're I your own like client. Tile lined up. Like I have, <laughs> I was renovating a condo that I have and I stacked the tile. You'll love this. I stacked the tile. It was all this, uh, it was this beautiful, um, gosh, it was this like kind of, it's not seafoam green, but it's this really pretty, like pale green, mm -hmm. um, crackled. And I had, um, I had laid out for my contractor exactly where I wanted the niches and how I wanted the niches to fall exactly on the tile line. Mm -hmm. And then how I wanted the rough ends for the shower head to split exactly in the corner of four tiles and how I want, like I had it all laid out. And I was like, cause if that's not centered properly, I will lose my mind in the shower. Looking <laughs> at this shower head that just missed being centered. And then my contractor, he appreciated it because he was kind of, he was kind of OCD on some stuff, but he's like, I can't even do my shower at my own house now because I'm gonna have to lay this out like you did. <laughs> I, I know, but he said, I at least appreciate that you know what drives you crazy Yeah. because so many people don't know. And then it goes, it gets installed. And then they're, then they're like, can you change, change that? Why it, did you do yeah. it that way? Yeah. So I had my little you know, graph paper and I had <laughs> measured out everything and drawn all in. And I think that's so, the story of like any designer or contractor's I, I life. Imagine, like right? doing like things that. for yourself is so yeah. much harder. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crippling. I, I like, I need to renovate my two bathrooms at my house and I just can't do it because I can't make a decision because <laughs> I want it to be so cool that I just am crippled by it. Yeah. And there's <laughs> lots of things out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, right. 
In honor of Women's History Month, we're honoring women-owned companies. Today's feature is Michelle's Baking Obsession. Michelle is an industry professional who owns a custom decorated sugar cookie company based out of Durham. The attention to detail of these cookie designs will blow you away. They're perfect for any special event like birthdays, corporate parties, gifts, or baby showers. Michelle can literally take any idea and create a unique design just for you. Order some for yourself today and check out some of her designs on Instagram at michelles.baking.obsession. If you could have dinner with anybody in history, live, dead, whatever, well, there's only two options there, but <laughs> who, would, who would you have dinner with? Or yeah. lunch, appetizer, dessert, cocktails, you know? Yeah, actually, um, Gosh, this was hard too. You made me do a lot of thinking uh, for these, but um, I, I actually kind of think it would be cool to have um, to have dinner with David Letterman. Um, I'm a big <laughs> fan of his, like my his Netflix show, my my next guest. Yeah, I love that show. That's a good one. And I just love how he he's funny, and but he really asks you in depth questions. And I I hate to say that I'm not really an in depth person like I don't do a lot of deep thinking I'm just I just have never been that type of person um and so I just think it'd be interesting to like sit down with him and he's funny and he makes you comfortable and then just to have him really like reach in and try to draw some like some depth out of Mm -hmm. me right and get me thinking about things that I just don't sit around and think about I don't know I just think he's fun he makes me laugh he is and my goodness that beard oh my gosh <laughs> so I, know. I mean I used to watch him all the time right when yeah. he had his late night show yeah but I yeah I I think he would be fun I mean I could also have dinner with Matthew McConaughey and just let him talk to me all the time like, well yeah that, I can I come to that to dinner talk. please I mean <laughs> oh yeah that would be all right I love um, that so <laughs> if you we're the ruler of the world and can make a law. What would you do? What would you, what would you make a law? So I think, I really do think that I would try to find a way to have a law uh, that allowed equal childcare for all people, right? Like I do feel like if everyone had access to childcare, it would be a game changer on our society. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you have a mom who has two kids and can't really work and is on, well, I mean, it's a perpetual cycle, right? She's on welfare. It's a perpetual cycle, right? If that, if that lady could go get a 15 hour, if she could go to school during the day while her, her kids are being cared for, it just, it lifts everybody. Right. And, and the crime rates, the poverty rates, like just by giving people childcare, like would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, and there's people who want to stay home and like, that's great. You know, I, I honestly never wanted to stay home with my kids. I couldn't wait to get back to work, but <laughs> um, that's, you know, here or there. Uh, but I do, I think that that would be an amazing, that would change society in a huge way. And, and you probably have savings in so many other areas that yeah. would more than pay for the cost of that. So yeah, that's, 
know, I think the I like that. My rule love that a lot. I feel like there are so many like no-brainer solutions to so many right. of our world problems that if you know, if everybody could just give suggestions and these things were to happen, it'd be interesting to see the result, which right, right, like you said, sure. would be huge. For sure. One of the, the things that we talked about in our first podcast was just the, um, what COVID is doing to our industry in regard to women and how many women we're going to lose because of some of that very thing, the childcare aspect of it. And, you know, I know COVID, you know, is what it is, but just, you know, how many women we're going to lose and it's, and it's, it's awful. It's just, yeah, the statistic that you guys had on there was shocking. I think it was what December there was a hunt that a hundred percent of the lost jobs were were women. And I think it was like, Mm -hmm. like, was it 156,000 or something like that? 150,000 job loss, all women in December. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's quite shocking and upsetting. I mean, because how long is it going to take them to get back in the workforce? Right, because you know? they've lost, yeah, it's just, it's. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that employers, you know, find ways to, you know, do some flexible, you know, options. But I mean, maybe a lot of it is just more, re- you know, not, not necessarily people who can work remotely, right, P- potentially. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people still work. I mean, I know a lot of people who are working and logging their kids on <laughs> to online school yeah. you know, and, and yeah, stuff. And, and that's tough, right? And and I think a lot of employers have, have had to be um, patient and willing to to work with that. But I mean, the, there's plenty of jobs that you can't <laughs> work. Right, remote, exactly. You know, and so that's, that's really tough. So as an employer, do you feel like your company is becoming a little bit more flexible with people being able to work from home for the positions that are more like. Yeah, yeah, for computer. sure. I actually listened to um, a panel discussion that T Crew had, I guess it was like this summer and it actually was pretty, it was pretty enlightening. Um, there was a woman speaking on there that was talking about the notion of there is no work-life balance, right? That you really need to get to, it's really work-life integration. Right. And, and, and I wish I would have heard, had this advice and this knowledge, you know, 10 years ago, but you know, that it's okay. If you have to leave a meeting because your kid's school is calling, then, then go take that call. Right. You know, don't feel guilty about it. Don't, don't ignore it. Don't, you know, if your kid calls you, you know, they're burning up your phone, go answer it. Let them know that they are important and that you can stop what you're doing during the day to take time for family and you've got to go to a doctor's appointment you've got to do, you know, take them and do this. But it also has to be on the backside that if you're at dinner with your family and work calls and something comes up, you have to be okay going and taking the call. And as long as you're doing it during the day, making time for your family, it's okay to make time for work at night and, Mm -hmm. you know, to let your kids know, Hey, I, you know, I did miss two hours of work today. Right. So I could make sure I had, lunch at your school or I did this, but tonight I'm going to have to spend a little bit of time making Mm -hmm. up, making up that work. And that's a conversation. You say that enough to your kids and they're not going to be feeling so bad that you're a working parent, right? Because you're, you're integrating everything instead of trying to balance it, you know? So I don't know. It's just, the term was quite striking. So I've really, you know, I've talked to my team, um, especially the women who are more the predominant, you know, 
childcare givers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but even some of my guys, I mean, Josh has had to stay home because his daycare has, you know, something happening with COVID or he's got to take his kids to the doctor because his wife had to go to work. That I mean, it is what it is, but everyone's still getting their work done. Everyone's still available. And, yeah. you know, so he has to be gone for two hours. I, it's fine. You know, like he still is a rock star. Um, so, yeah. So I've been trying to really focus on, on that. And I do, like I said, I do wish that um, I had kind of learned that lesson earlier because especially when I was, you know, my kids were little, I mean, they're, you know, 19 and 16. So just, just even 10 years ago, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was different. It was different in construction. You know, yeah. I would get to the job site. Oh my gosh. I would get to the job site after taking three kids to daycare, right. Dropping them off at seven in the morning, like that door opens and I'm like, here's my kids. <laughs> Later. Peace out. <laughs> um, Looking at from Wake Forest to Durham to get to a job site, you know, it might take me 45 minutes to get there. You know, I'm exhausted. I feel like I need a vodka martini, right? I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm frazzled. And then I have like a superintendent who's like, oh, nice of you to show up. And oh, my like, God. oh my God. Oh my God. know what I've been through this morning? <laughs> uh, you uh, couldn't handle my life. I'm a hundred percent sure he could not. Yeah. And, and then when they realize, like, and I say, let me tell you what I did and what time I woke up today. Right. And then they're like, Ooh, yikes. Okay. Like (laughs) glad you're here before eight. That's wonderful. If you need to come a little later, that's fine. You Uh should have gotten an award from being there before eight (laughs) with three kids. Hashtag superwoman for sure. No, I know. It was, I mean, it was, it was a lot and people just didn't understand that that much back then. It, and, and it's funny to say back then. It was like 10, 12 years ago. That's not that <laughs> yeah. far. That's not that a lot has ago. changed though. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of it has to do with women working their way into management mm-hmm. across so many sectors, right? Yeah. And, and it, it really has been changing the dynamic of what's acceptable. And I think men are more open to it too, right? I mean, they they have wives who work and they need that working wife to have the life that they have and you know and all that so I think men are coming up much more aware and sensitive to it as well which is great so you know I mean they have daughters they see their daughters struggling right yeah yeah. trying to do it all and so I think it just creates just the awareness that just wasn't there yeah it just takes time right and I think it's only going to keep getting better it's not going to happen overnight but as long as we keep moving to towards, you know, it, it being better, that's all we can do. So, yeah. Yeah. So something we kind of skipped over that I've been curious about since I met you years ago is how Bridgepoint came about. Like, how did you wake up one day and decide I'm going to start a company and it's going to be really successful. Maybe you didn't <laughs> know that at the time, but it, that takes a lot of courage and determination and time naivety (laughs) (laughs) but I'd love to hear just how Bridgepoint tells the story yeah yeah so you know I was working when I was working at Skanska um we were looking at doing a project the um green bridge green bridge project the condo project in Chapel Hill and we we kind of decided as a company that we don't really do multifamily you know that's really not our cup of tea so we passed on it but at the time I had gotten to know the developers over there 
because um, it was going to be a really green building. William McDonough was the art design architect. It was, you know, going to have a lot of green features and stuff like that. And so um, the developers needed someone to manage their construction. And so they had reached out to me and said, hey, do you want, what do you think about leaving Skanska, starting your own business, and we'll be your first client. Wow. And I was like, what a what? compliment. I mean, that was great, but I, you know, I got really good projects when I was at Skanska. We did a lot of Duke work. You know, it was fun. It was big. It was exciting working with like these big time architects. It was just, it was great, you know? And, and I just thought I'd retire there. Like I was super happy, you know? So, um, but I thought, man, I don't know, that might be kind of interesting. And um, so I went and talked to them and, and, you know, how does this look? Oh, it's two year project. I thought, okay, two years, you know, if I don't like it, maybe. I just, you know, go back to work or something. And so I went and talked to the, the fellow who was running the Skanska office at the time, Scott McLeod. And um, he was so amazing. And I was like, hey, I'm just kind of thinking about this. This opportunity came up and I'm a little nervous. And, and he just said, you've got to do it. He's like, half the people here would jump at that opportunity to have their own business wow. if, they, if they were given it. And, you know, you, you should do it. And he's like, and you've got a job here in two weeks and you got a job here in two years. So go give it a try. And I was wow. like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess so I'm going to start my own company. Um, but yeah, he was really supportive. It was great. And knowing that, yes, this is a two-year project. I don't have to commit to anything more than two years. And so then when I, you know, I was like, okay, off to the races. Um, it was a kind of a fake it till you make it moment, right? Like I've never been an owner's agent. I've never done multifamily. I, I, I mean, I didn't know what was happening, but you know, they believed in me and I was like, well, they trust me. I'm, I'm gonna make this shit happen. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there was a whole lot of like, I didn't know the answer. You're like, I need to research that. Let me, let me, let get, me get back, back to, to you. you. Right. That's and then my I was like, call, friend, call a friend, phone a friend. Right. And they're like, <laughs> What am I supposed to do about this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, there's no shame in that, right? Mm-hmm, We're all none. a village trying to, you know, help each other out. So absolutely, yeah. So there was a lot of that happening early, and then I realized I really liked the freedom. I liked this being out on your own. It was weird. I had always been in the construction trailers because I've always worked on big jobs, you know. So it's just. I go from being in a trailer all the time to just freedom, like meeting people for coffee, like at 10 o'clock during the day, who does that? Like it was, <laughs> it was the craziest thing. Um, but I really did enjoy the owner side, like, and really, you know, working with the design team and the contractor, it was really enjoyable. So I decided about a year in that if I was going to keep doing this, I needed to hire somebody. Luckily, unluckily, it was 08, 09 there was a lot of people available. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I would hire some people on contract and I actually did hire a full-time person so that I could go look for more work. And so then I, after, so that, then I have a green bridge ended. I still had an, another employee. I went to start doing some work at American tobacco campus, um, which someone at Skanska had connected me to. They needed help managing some of their construction. They had some facility projects. And they were getting too busy for their one construction project manager to, to oversee. And so after working over there for a couple of years as a consultant, 
I would probably meet with Michael Goodman quarterly or something just to talk about projects and stuff like that. And um, he had encouraged me this one time to like, hey, why don't you start a general contracting business? Wow. And I was like, at the time now, I'm divorced. I have three kids, no savings. And I mean, I'm doing okay, right? But like, I don't have much to my name. <laughs> and so he, he was like, you should start a general contracting company. Like people like you, you know, a lot of people, you do good work, you know, you should, you should do that. And I was like, you're crazy. I can't do that. And he says to me, and, and we've talked about this. So he, he, he said to me with great risk comes great reward. And I said, that's easy for a good man to say. That's <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> but, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, I appreciate that you think I should do this, but I just don't see it in the cards. So three months go by, we meet again. He asked me again, like, seriously, Shelby, I'm telling you, why don't you just start a general contracting business? We have some work here. We'll give you some small jobs to get you started and, you know, see where it goes. You know a lot of people, you do great at this. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should. Like, he really believes in me, right? He really thinks I should do this. I mean, I'm already out here on my own. Like. I can man. That's what I used to do, right? I used to manage a lot of interior work and stuff. So, so within a few months of that meeting, I kind of started Bridgepoint General Contracting, and had had a couple people hired up, kind of working on it. And yeah, we went. You know, it's just kind of off to the races after that. Um, I just really, I really kind of focused on. I wanted to do my own work. Right. I didn't. I used to have people call me to be like their partner on projects. Mm-hmm on big jobs, right? And I was just yeah. like, I don't want a partner. I want to do, I, it was really important to me to do my own work and have my own body of work and not just partner with someone and, and grow my business by partnering. There is absolutely 100% nothing wrong with that strategy. It's just not the strategy that I wanted. I think right. I, I just, I felt like I had a lot to prove, right? Being a woman, starting a general contracting business. And I didn't want to ride. I didn't want to be on anyone else's coattails. I wanted my name on the fence. Mm -hmm. I wanted my name in the window. You know, I didn't, I didn't want any, I didn't want to be with somebody, you know, so so that was how I did it. And if that meant I wasn't getting all these big jobs or it took me a little longer to grow, that was okay with me because it was my, it was my deal, you know? So yeah. And so it, it was crazy. And now we, you know, gosh, that was in 13 when we actually started doing work. I think we did $800,000 like our first year, <laughs> right? And, and before COVID, we were on track to do 30 million for, wow. you know, 2020. Um, we finished, you know, we didn't, we didn't finish at 30, but we still had a really good year, kept everybody employed. Nobody had salary cuts and we were able to give bonuses out. So we, we had a really, we had a good year. So um that's amazing. Great. Yeah. And we're growing now. Like I'm, I hired a business development manager and um, he started about three weeks ago. We're hiring two to three more superintendents, you know, to, yeah. So it's been good. Yeah. I love that. That's the best story. Yeah. And thank goodness for Michael Goodman and what an yeah. endorsement. I mean, seriously, that's, that's I awesome. know. I've actually had a lot of men, you know, I mean, Scott McLeod pushing mm-hmm. me out. Right. Yeah. Michael Goodman getting me started. I mean, I've had a, 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 a quite a few other um, 
male figures in various aspects of commercial real estate really be on my side, right? It's been, it's been great. Yeah, That's for sure. Awesome. Well, I think the power of somebody believing in you and, and just what that does to somebody's confidence and helps you believe oh, in yourself, right. it's huge. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, that was, it was, it was kind of surreal. Right. And, and I, and I've always said, um, that you have to be, everything's scary, right? Starting a business mm-hmm. is scary. Taking the next step is scary. Like it's all, it is scary, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right. It just means you should think about it. Right. <laughs> and I calculate like, okay, what's the worst that could happen. Yeah. Right. But if you're terrified, you shouldn't do it. Right. Cause clearly, you know, that's, that's, that's a little too far over the edge for your comfort zone. Right. You still, right. I, I always just think, you know, all, all these steps have been scary, you know, but it hasn't felt like they've been, you know, unsurmountable or anything yeah. that I couldn't do, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Well, I'm so glad that he pushed you to, to believe in yourself. And I'm so glad you took, took the risk because look at you now, you're a boss lady. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's crazy. You know, it's, it's been so weird. I know there's a lot of questions where people, you know, just ask, what's it like being, and, and I really think for me being a woman in construction, I, I just didn't know any, I didn't know any different. And, and I say that because I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. There was no construction in the seventies and eighties, someone might renovate a bathroom or enclose a porch, but there wasn't much happening. And so I didn't know that women weren't in construction because I didn't see construction, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so when I came up here and happened into constru- my first construction job and I was like, yeah, it was like the only, the only woman in our trailer, it was the big EPA campus um, project. Mm-hmm. And I was the only woman in operations in our get an eight wide trailer with GSA, EPA, Gilbane and Jacobs. And then the contractor had an eight wide trailer. Um, Cause that was like a $270 million project back in the mid nineties. So it was, it was quite large. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, they actually had, the contractor at the time actually had a project executive that was a woman, a project manager that was a woman and a project engineer. So you know, my first construction, I'm like, well, there's three women over there. So <laughs> I don't think this is weird. Um, but it wasn't until I got to my next job, because I figured I needed to get out of the CM world, right? I was working on the CM side. Mm-hmm. And I needed to know what it was like to be a general contractor to actually run subs and to do all this. stuff. And so I, um, so I went over to this other company for really no pay increase, just because I was making pretty good money, actually. I just felt like I needed to get in with, to be a general contractor and really learn that. And um, when I went over to that company, um, I was the very first woman in their company history who was in operations. <laughs> so wow. um, it was kind of weird, I, I think, like to be like, wait, what? Like, I just, ha- I just came from a job. There was three women. There were and, three women you know, over man, there. <laughs> this is super rare. Um, so this, the, one of the, the vice president over there was the one who, who I had met, who brought me over. My senior PM I had heard was saying a lot of things about me in the office while I was out at the construction trailer. Um, you know, that I wasn't doing a good job, that things were falling behind and all this kind of stuff. So I called a meeting, right? And I said, I need a review. I, I need to hear, I need to see how I'm doing because I'm hearing some rumblings. Of course, the senior project manager said, um, everything was great, you know, complete, complete turnaround. 
And I said, okay, well, cause I'm just hearing, like I have a friend in the office and he's kind of letting me know that some things are being said. And, you know, by the way, you know, it's now been six months. I feel like I'm doing a great job. I'd like to get a race considered, mm-hmm. you know? And they were like, oh, we, you know, we have this matrix. You're at like the top of the matrix. We can't really give you a raise until you get a promotion. And that's, you know, I don't know, a couple of years away. And I was like, but, you know, I came over here for no money. Like, I feel like I really need something. And the senior project manager or the, the vice president who brought me over said to me, I don't know if he said this because he knew me or if he thought it was okay, but obviously he thought it was okay. He says to me, well, the, the easiest way for you to get a raise is to spend less. And I was like, spend less? He was like, yeah, personally, like you just need to curb your shopping and curb what, what? you're doing and you would get a oh, raise. That's an easy way to get a raise. God. Then, <laughs> like, what is he talking about? I thought you meant like, like save money on these projects so no, that the company has more <laughs> personally I needed Uh-oh. to spend less would he have ever said that to any uh, a man no absolutely no. not I mean I was like I'm not your daughter like this is your that's the thing you you're not my dad kind of advice I about died and at the time I was already talking to Skanska and you know because I had already maybe had like one interview with them because I really wasn't happy over there and so so I the next day I got to the I got to the trailer and I told my superintendent what he said. And he was just like, he's like, like, I can't even believe that 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 happened. I was like, I know. Right. And so I said, well, I'm going to give him a week's notice. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go work for Skanska. He goes, you do it girl. He goes, they don't respect you here. You don't need to be here. I was like, for sure. And so I faxed them back when we faxed, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I faxed them my my letter of resignation, gave them one week notice. And they were like, Oh, you don't want to burn bridges. I was like, this is a bridge that I'm okay burning. Yeah. And, you know, within three or I think, I didn't even think I worked a whole week within like three <laughs> or four days I was done and I never looked back and it's never come back to bite me. And I was just like, it comes back to, that's not a company who's ever going to appreciate me. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there you. and mm-hmm. say, woe is me. They don't treat this one, me as a woman. Right. Well, they're not going to treat any woman. Right? right. So like, why am I there? Right. Skanska, total game changer, right? It was great. They were so accepting. I had all kinds of opportunities. Um, it, it was great. And it was really great for my career and my confidence and everything. So it's just about, you're worth it. You need, everyone belongs to the table, right? And you need yes. to act like you belong there. Don't have a chip on your shoulder. Don't act like you have to prove something. Just be yourself, work hard mm-hmm. and, and it'll happen. And if it's not happening, it's them, not you, you know? So that's the know, best advice. Think. Yeah. Great advice. Shelley. Yeah. So that was this has been great, awesome. Craziness. This I don't, no one even knows who I work there. Cause I didn't work there, but maybe eight months. <laughs> I didn't even put it on my resume. It's like nowhere, <laughs> I wouldn't have it's like nowhere to be spoken of. <laughs> this so place they basically ended up didn't happen. By some big company or something. So they're not even around anymore, but yeah. That's too funny. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. It's been so You're cool yes, learning more you, about Shelley. you. And we're excited yeah, to have you fun. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the other ladies. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for your time all today. Right, y'all have a good day. You bye. too. You too. All right. Bye. Bye, Shelly. Bye.